Hello, 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 and welcome to the We Are MCBS podcast. We are the podcast, you are the listener, and today is episode 40. We're almost close to that one-year mark, and it's something really good to celebrate. So good to celebrate that we have a giant woo-hoo crowd to really amp it up. I absolutely love that. If only Jason and Pete were here to hear that. Unfortunately, Pete is still in the wind. We have milk cartons out trying to search for him, and Jason is fulfilling his duties up north as the fill-in Santa Claus for Tim Allen. So today, we have a couple of stories that are very interesting, one that I'm super excited about. It brings out this sort of childlike wonder, and apparently we have animatronics that are going to be doing sports. I have Tyler Brown here to help me out with this. What's going on here? What's going on, guys? Uh, so as Disney is confirming they are moving to the new generation involving for movies pretty much so they are actually using robots as their stunt devils now instead of using stunt devils um, so the, what they're doing is they're creating these uh, they're pretty much called stuntatronics and to pretty much do all the stunts for the action movies that they produce such as like all the Marvel films and everything so Ben Macaron here big fan of the show uh, and if anybody's listened to the show in the past, they know that I'm very, I'm very scared of the future, mainly because Skynet will take over. But I guess instead of Skynet, it will be Disney being the ones to take all all of us down. Because I'm a little worried in the fact that this is a stunt; these are stunt robots, so they're doing all the fight scenes, they're doing all the car chases. They're gonna learn fast. Once that AI kicks in, we're done for. Now, is it 100%? Is it going to be AI or remote controlled? Do you know that for a fact? So what it is is pretty much it's like a it's like a pretty much all remote controlled by like somebody on like offset. So even like a stunt devil could learn how to use these, but they're not going to be doing all the stunts. And then I think what they're doing is just Disney doesn't want to pay those insurance and will have that, all that liability on set uh, and all the paperwork they have to go through. So they're wanting just more. Well, lean towards the way of just using robots so they don't have to say like somebody breaks their leg or just someone and then they have to wait nine more months just to get that stunt devil to come back in or hire a new stunt devil to do the stunts. So I just think they're just evolving in for the movie industry. Yeah, I understand that. Like I'm all for the safety of the stunt doubles and all the actors. And I get that it does does make sense logistically. So that's that is true. Yeah, what this will end up helping is a lot of the red tape that has to go through, obviously getting the insurance and all that. It's going to help speed up production. But at the same time, yeah, there is a concern that now that we have automated robots that are suddenly taking all the stunt jobs, well, now we have another market. We always hear about automation taking over in production industries and all that you know robots are building our cars they're making our products you know everything like that and there was a proposed idea on the mcbs podcast maybe five six episodes ago that was talking about people buying ownership almost like stock in these robots to wear so even if you're out of work you're still making somewhat of a wage based on the required maintenance the production output of the machine and all that stuff so that could be a potential solution i don't know if anything has gone forward with that or if that's even going to be anywhere close to how we deal with automation but ideally this isn't going to put people it's going to put people out of work obviously but hopefully it's not going to put people out of an ink yeah exactly like that's why i think what's the most thing about everybody's scared for is just more the robots are going to take over people's jobs that like that are out there especially on movie sets and everything because having those are just like having sun devils is like crucial to films but also, CGI is like they can do anything with CGI nowadays. They can replace anything they want with CGI. Yeah, because that, that was going to be my concern of what they're actually going to do to make it look like the actors. Because I'm going to use like, The Rock as an example. His cousin is his stunt double, and they look exactly alike. So it's very easy to suspend disbelief. 
Yeah, and another good part is that CGI has obviously come a long way. The big film that everybody gives credit for for practical effects is uh, Fury Road, but that's just CGI done really well because they blend practical with uh, special effects. When it comes to like the CGI and everything, like I know like Toy Story, like Toy Story was kind of like the one that kind of like pushed people to use CGI, and they wanted like people to like like the showcase like that Pixar was able to do that so other people can do that and now like now like in any action movie you see unless it's a Tom Cruise action film where he actually does all the stunts himself um he's it's like pretty much all showcase CGI especially in superhero films like you're there's no possible way that they can spin a web or fly so it's Not just like yet. yeah it's exactly <laughs> so you have to just like work what you have with and so you like pretty much CGI is going to be like is like a crucial part like part of um, just our like generation of movies now. Yeah, and when CGI is done right, you don't notice it. Everybody notices bad CGI. And so it makes me almost excited because we get to go into more vast world-building realms and all that. We get to have more superheroes on the big screen. We get to have more richer sci-fi because no longer are we doing like clay animated uh, monsters coming in from anywhere. Like the CG for the T-Rex in Jurassic Park still holds up to this day. And that was released in 94, I think. So 93. So it is 25 years old and that CG holds up beyond belief. Well, thank you very much for that story. I am a little more scared of the future. Now, I believe we have another story coming up in a bit, and we have somebody switching microphones now. We have Mr. Ben Macaron presenting what, what what's going on. Is old media becoming new media? Like, uh, what's going on here? Just all right, I, I, I'm trying to finally adjust to the new media in platforms, and you, everybody knows, if people listen in the past, I'm a big sports fan, and Steve Ballmer, the former CEO, uh, Microsoft, who currently owns the Los Angeles Clippers and the NBA, he was asked about the idea of having a streaming service for sports, mainly if there was going to be on Netflix. And Netflix CEO Reed Hastings said right now they are not interested in live sports. The main point that Bomber was really trying to make was kind of putting down a little bit what Hastings said about not having sports on Netflix because the whole platform they do. Because why like you can't? It's I understand well not to have live sports on there or having any of the big major four because they make too much money on their TV contracts. It's ridiculous. Like there's a ten year deal right now in the NBA and it's a, it's the contract's amazing. But what he was talking about was maybe doing alternative sports on it, such as extreme action sports and something I talked about a couple of weeks ago that I finally accepted esports. So I'm Dustin Rochadu. I've been on here a couple of times. Uh, you guys usually know me for bringing some a lot of gaming news. Um, I don't think esports should belong on Netflix, mainly because it already has a really well-established fan base on uh, the streaming site Twitch.tv. That's where most games usually broadcast all of their esports anyways. Um, we're seeing a lot of it being broadcasted on YouTube as well, but YouTube is also another um, place where people can create gaming content and that has like a huge gaming community already but in the sense of having like live esports i don't think netflix is right for it and they've already expressed like how they feel about live streaming and they're they're more or less for like movies and tv shows like i can't really see even like sports in general being put onto netflix well the, what they could do is that the way i was looking at it like i remember like about 10 years ago 
uh, there was something called Street League for skateboarding, and that was just an idea by Rob Dadrak, and it was on ESPN originally, and it, and it picked up, and it's been good ever since. So I was thinking almost like a league for esports, like some alternative league, because uh, you know, like if, you, like if you're a soccer fan, they have like 30 different leagues in like in Europe. So like why I didn't get how esports couldn't do that and have like it, it could could be live, could be pre-recorded. But I mean, imagine. You know, ESPN is obviously the home of sports. So Twitch is currently the home of esports, and it's already in a digital platform. And that's kind of the argument against, you know, having it stream other places because Twitch already has a place online to where this seems more like a way to get sports and anything that is on traditional media, anything that's still on broadcast, into a digital space. So we can't necessarily equate that to something that's already in a digital space that at this point already has a platform that already has understood their platform and people know that you go there for this specific type of content as well to where if anything if they throw it on netflix they're just gonna you know throw it on netflix isn't the right demographic either you know gamers don't necessarily go to netflix i mean we'll we'll watch a few things and but we go to twitch if we want specifically gaming content so i i had, oh, I had to throw esports out there because as as you know i finally accepted it as a form of entertainment as a form of sport if you will and that's why that was my first idea. But I also like the idea of throwing like other alternative sports, like skating, like any motocross, any like any extreme sports you might see in the X Games. That'd be cool to see on there. Now, if they really wanted to bust out this streaming service correctly, like let's just say they do their own streaming service in general. It's just called Sports. For <laughs> really creative. That's, that's just their hey. It can be that. Who knows? The number one part to do it would be the Olympics. That would be the best time to do it because you have a worldwide stage that would be looking at it. And suddenly now, not only are you hosting sports from the United States, but you can host sports from around the world as well. You open up the market to a younger generation as well, while also still accepting and helping an older generation. Hey, how's it going? It's Rigel. Hey, Rigel. Long time no see. I kicked him out of his seat because I have some things to talk about. Um, so why don't you think um, esports would work on another platform besides Twitch? So it's not that I necessarily think that it will not work on another platform, but I think Twitch is the home. It's going to be the main place you go. So you'll have offshoots and other places where you can see it. Obviously, we have YouTube that does a lot of the streaming as well. But Twitch has become known as the platform for gaming, for gaming, streaming content. While it's also tried to diversify itself in the past couple of years to give you the in real life section. And you obviously have a lot of artists who end up doing a lot of streaming of their work as well twitch is still known as the gaming platform so it's the number one place to anybody who's invested in esports would probably think twitch right off the bat because it's probably a platform they're familiar with so are you worried about splitting up a fan base or what's the concern about having it on another platform as well it's not necessarily i have a concern about it being on another platform but it just doesn't seem like the tactical move for what they're looking to do it already has this it's already been in an area that is developed. It doesn't need anything more. If it's going to Netflix or anywhere else for streaming, that's just going to add to their fan base, but not by much because the demographic isn't there. Versus sports, as I was mentioning, starts with broadcast, where they're coming from the broadcast section into new media. So they're jumping a whole platform. So it makes sense for them to do it and to find the right person to partner with so you can get that kind of hand in hand traffic. Uh, so I, was th I think you were saying that it's not going to be going on Netflix. They're sort of like, nah, but they're thinking about their own app. The main thing was the CEO of Netflix doesn't see any sports, period, being on Netflix anytime soon. 
So that's why Bomber had this whole thing of uh, all four major sports having their own, uh, having their own. Well, they already have a few of their own channels, but having their own streaming service. And I was actually going to ask, uh, how would you feel? Uh, I understand not having a streaming service for esports, but there's like NFL Network, MLB Network, NBA TV. Would you like be behind an esports channel? Just let that only. I mean, they have a league already, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think it was just great what you thought about, like, bringing in all these alternative sports, like, not the main sports on a network that's always broadcasting competitive events. Yeah. I mean, so it would only be for esports that are broadcasting a tournament at that moment. Just it's basically for people who just like competition. I'm not for bringing in different leagues of uh, esport because that tends to make things less competitive because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in this uh, league or if you look at all the different fighting organizations then you can also think about uh, bringing in uh, fighting sports as well it just would be a great platform where someone can go and just what's being competed at a high level today oh well, watch yeah. that because yeah that would make sense too because right now there's a an M- alternative mma company like pro fight league over oh, so yeah well, kevin hart is actually a main uh, investor in it so they're trying to look for like some place to like uh, stream their stuff oh yeah but there's so, there's so many different organizations especially when you look worldwide and we're not necessarily saying it's going to Netflix, obviously, because it's been said, like, no, I don't see a place for it. We're just kind of using that as a baseline as our yeah, example, I, I, too. Yeah. yeah, that's why just the other app would be just some app with. You yeah, know, I fully believe that an app for sports specifically should be started. And especially if you use like I was mentioning, you use the Olympics as kind of like the jumping off point because you have so many eyes on that and so many people that are interested in so many different sports. You can hit a wide variety of demographics in that one moment. It's a great idea. (laughs) When's it coming out? I want it. I'll I'll start working on development right now. Thank you. This is the first pitch. This is the first pitch we're going to do. Jason Pete always give million-dollar ideas, so here's our million-dollar idea to contribute to the podcast. We are are getting Jason his Tesla. All right. This was a really good story. We had a lot to talk about, but we need to move on to one final story of the podcast, and that will be presented to us by one Brandon Ranger, who is going to be talking about... Like Ozzy said, my name is Brandon, and I have something interesting to talk about, Ozzy. Lay it on me. What do we got here? Well, it seems like hashtags are being used to sign contracts. Wait, what? Hashtags are being used to sign contracts. So, like, legal contracts. Legal, actual legal contracts. Marriott, most recently, they're using hashtags as an acceptance of agreements according to the terms of whatever contract they laid out. So, so it's like a checkbox. It's like you're, the, the, the hashtag is a checkbox of the contract now. So is it a contract or an agreement? I feel like that's a big differentiator. It is a, okay, yeah. It's more of an agreement, not okay. a contract. Yeah, but it is a legal. It's identified as a legal contract. So they are using hashtags as a form of legal binding signature. How, how in the living yeah. does this work? I don't, I don't fully understand it. It seems like they're lending into trademarking hashtags. Okay. That's the only obvious source. Would be trademark so hashtags uh, because so companies are actually going to own the hashtag on individual social. That's networks. what's that's buzzing around it right now. Yes, uh, there's an I have an issue with that because that's just like yep. owning a trademark on data. <laughs> How can you own a trade? This goes back to when like King tried to copyright uh, what was it scrolls, and then they were gonna like sue people into the ground. Yeah. Then you have the Fine Brothers who are trying to f- trademark React, and now we have corporations trying to just trademark metadata. Yeah. Right. What is this world we live in, and how long until everybody just laughs them out of existence? It's only a matter of time. 
Oh my goodness. Because once Netflix is trademarked, I'm not going I can't use Netflix anymore. They might try to steal because what's gonna happen is once they trademark the hashtag, they basically have rights to whatever you post under that hashtag. No, I I I, I get it from a certain point of view because we would have let's say a photographer has a specific, yeah. you know, hashtag that they're just like if you use this it you know if i use this in any of my posts suddenly that becomes my intellectual property so i can see it almost as a personal use let's say our own uh emily ray was to have her own hashtag emily w as her kind of brand and all that stuff so every time she uploads a photo and she has that there if let's say someone was to steal one of her photos and use it for a smear campaign Mm -hmm. well suddenly there is a legal boundary in place but corporate wise Heck no. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits and whatnot. Amber Amber here. Uh, I'm in the MCBS program. I briefly read an article uh, about this, and trademarks can't stop you from using the hashtag. And on top of that, the company has to prove that they provided you a service. Right. They have to go into court, right? There's legal action needs to be taken. Yeah. But, like, they... Technically, like there is very little weight held with a trademark. They a copyright, they can sue you for that. But if you use if they copyright a hashtag, which from what I understood from the article is very difficult to do. But <laughs> you can trademark a hashtag, but it doesn't stop like a normal person from using it. So what would be the benefits of trademarking it in the first place? It would just pretty much that you it's like your brand it's just it 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 puts like a symbol on it that it is your brand like marriott they could trademark hashtag marriott and people can use it and it's just it makes sure that the hashtag marriott goes back to marriott it doesn't stop people from using the hashtag right which i agree it doesn't stop people from using it i'm just saying the intention is because the reason the whole reason they're signing these these contracts is so whoever the the business is has rights over whatever intellectual property that person has produced, the individual, over whatever document that is. Like, if they take a picture of the sun, right, and they hashtag Marriott, Marriott is saying, okay, you took a picture of the sun. This is now my picture. It is no longer your picture. More or less. I mean, you, I, I'm, from what I understood, the trademark, yes, it puts the name Marriott on it in your hypothetical. However, you kind of still own the picture kind of so it looks like one mcbs contributor alexis aho really wants to jump in <laughs> she's been itching at this long time no see alexis where have you been i've been missing my uh seattle stories oh hi guys oh you know just getting ready to graduate oh something like that you're That's graduating coming up. yep super stoked you mean you didn't just get here no <laughs> all right so I, i've seen you itching in the back row just wanting to jump in what are we looking at here well it's really interesting because within the program we do go through an intro- intellectual property class where it kind of talks about this um you can't necessarily trademark a phrase or a group of words unless it's used in terms of like a tagline specifically towards the brand in their like trade dress or made up right yeah so pretty much as a hashtag i don't see how it's at all possible to trademark quote unquote the hashtag itself because again even hashtags in what they were they're meant for as far as social media use is just as a curating tool so people can you know find all these things that are related by using the hashtag so where you were saying that 
by using the hashtag, it gives them the right to then use the content. Like obviously the copyright doesn't go away. You own that photo, whatever media you create, it is yours. So they're taking it as in somehow, some way, in small, you know, words somewhere <laughs> that is hidden that you don't know, you know, whenever you check off that box of like terms of agreement with anything like, oh yeah, you use this hashtag, then you give us the right to then use your content. There's not obviously a lot of law around it as far as like, it's not been brought up enough, but in the past where it has been done in the case of like Delta and Marriott, when people would be like, hey, you can't use my photo, like you didn't have my permission, the implied consent was not there. I didn't post this photo and use the hashtag for you to use it in that way. Like that is still my work, you cannot use that. So and when it did go to court, the jury was like, yeah, no, that's not good, you can't do that. You, just because they use the hashtag doesn't mean that their consent was there, it's not. Yeah, you heard my violent reaction earlier. <laughs> I didn't believe this was a thing from the start. Now, I can understand maybe adding, you know, somebody on social media like, hey, at Marriott, that would be more of a, because that's more of a direct thing, like you are specifically engaging. Not not metadata, though. That is, if I use hashtag Twitch and I'm trying just to get more views on maybe a stream highlight, suddenly Twitch is going to, uh, no. Like, <laughs> me, that's, that's not how metadata is ever going to work. Absurd. Anybody who tries using it as an implied contract a lot of people on that jury will probably go uh no yeah and i think also it's a matter of like a lot of people probably don't even realize that they can't be doing this it's or, not like a warning is coming yeah. up either it's just like hey by using this hashtag you are yes. therefore giving away all oh, your yeah, rights to this sure. content and then like also because then that would mean all the social networks will have to change their terms too to say hey if you use these hashtags you got to watch out because these brands might have you know, which is why we can't like use metadata as any form of agreement. Just have a simple checkmark box. Yes or no. We've been doing it forever. There's no reason <laughs> to change it now. Or even on a simple contest where it's just like, you know, send in your best Marriott photo and you're taking pictures of the room before you trash it. It's there's obviously <laughs> something there that is even if it's in fine print where you're just like, OK, I recognize this is forfeit. But if you happen to be at a Marriott and you're using that to try to gain exposure, say for some reason you're like a real estate photographer and you were just trying to do some practice like a student, you're trying to do practice. So you go to a hotel room and then you're just using hashtag Marriott to maybe get their attention or maybe get the attention of another hotel chain who's like, I'm going to see what Marriott's doing. Oh, this person looks really good. No. No, no, like no. Even, still, even still, because obviously that does happen, right? Some people who use social media are like, oh, I'm getting exposure. Mm -hmm. This is great. Yeah, go ahead and use my stuff again. Not really realizing that, oh, they're infringing upon your copyright. Actually, hey, you should probably not let them do that. But they're like, no, this is exposure and this is good and it can open opportunities. And for some people, that's OK. So they probably wouldn't even think to be like, I should probably not do this. Right. Because especially if it's like really good content. It's one thing that a lot of YouTubers have chastised Nintendo for, too, is that even though they're making this content around Nintendo, Nintendo likes to remove it anyways because it's not them who's putting it out there. And then the argument is, hey, we're giving you a bunch of free publicity. What up, dude? But it's not like they used hashtag Nintendo and Nintendo's coming in <laughs> and saying, yo, we own right. the video. It's like still, it's like you need permission of the person 
in their work because again yeah. they hold the copyright it is theirs i guess we'll see how it plays out all right we need to wrap up this episode because my brain is currently in pain <laughs> just thinking about that so this has been episode 40 of the we are mcbs podcast and always live in studio with us one good woohoo crew Oh, it's getting louder and louder each coming week. Thank you very much for listening, and you have an awesome day. Later.